Welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, America's premier barbecue radio show. Join your hosts, David Caius and Andy Groneman, as they sink their teeth into the finest grilling, smoking, and barbecue from coast to coast with the industry's leading pitmasters. Stay tuned for great tips, techniques, and products that will enhance your backyard experience by being a part of the Barbecue Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, where our superpower is we smoke meat and we know things. I'm your host, Andy G, along with executive producer T-Bone and my co-host, who will tell you it is better to leave a legacy than be a legend. And having said that, he is a legend in his own mind, Todd Johns. (laughs) Holy crap. What's going on here today? (laughs) You're all wired up, dude. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm excited. We have a returning guest today. And since the last time he was on, he has upped his world championship count to a seven-time world champion now. Uh, in addition to be a world champion pitmaster, he also has an amazing line of products under his Sweet Swine of Mine brand, and he's also the Memphis area's largest smoker and grill superstore. Mark Lambert will be joining us today, and you can check out all his amazing products at ssomd.com, and you can follow Mark on social media at Sweet Swine of Mine on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, in our fourth segment, we're going to be talking to Todd. And this week, we're going to talk about serving competition or TV style food in the backyard. You know, we all have access to the TV shows now on Food Network and Cooking Channel and Discovery. And even Netflix has Barbecue Showdown. And it's all about these TV representations of cooking and competition style cooking. Uh, what do you think, Todd? You want to try and do that in the backyard, or yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to replicate, and you know, there's I don't know. There's a lot to it. We, we I think we got a lot to get into there, Andy. Well, we will try and get into that then in the fourth segment. Uh, what else you got going on? Oh my gosh, uh, I made some pork burger since we talked to Blaine. So are you kidding? Me? Yeah. Thanks so for had, the invite, by the way. I had to, I had to break out the grinder and, uh, make a little pork burger and man, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was summer. I am having the best summer. I don't know about you, but just, we've had great weather and, uh, it's been great grilling season this year. Well, when was the last time you had a summer? Uh, let's see. 1978. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in there. That's about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we were too busy working our summers away so we could buy cars or buy cookers or do all that stuff that you wanted to do when we were growing up. Well, yeah. And then you get to, you know, get to be in your 30s and 40s and you're just out in a trailer sweating your butt off making barbecue for six judges and, you know, did that for a long time too. Yeah. So it's it's nice to uh, be able to choose what you do with your summers. Although I will say when we were on the competition circuit, you know, I planned our our summer contests at places that yes, I wanted to be. So we would drag the kids all over the country. So we were in, you know, Lake Placid in the speed skating oval with Dimitri Feld. Dimitri, if you're listening, I love you. He threw the best con- or throws. It still goes on today. Uh, the I Love Barbecue Festival in Lake Placid, New York. Amazing event. But, you know, you go from there to... You know, fun places in Iowa and Texas. And we go to Dallas and visit friends down there, and the girls would uh, have a blast. They saw the country uh, cooking barbecue. Yep. And from a 
from a uh, trailer, you know, and the rest of us, we just stuck around, you know, the Kansas City, like Missouri, Kansas area because we had jobs. Well, I had a job. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I had vacation time and I had to travel for work a little bit. But it's time now for our Ask Andy segment. See how I segued right out of that? That's uh, right. That's how we I, do that. That was smooth. <laughs> well, our, our Ask Andy segment this week is brought to you by Plowboy's Fin and Feather Seafood and Poultry Rub, which, of course, you can get at All Things Barbecue over at atbbq.com. And I do always like to throw in a shameless plug here that you can get yourself a Barbecue Radio Network t-shirt if we use your question on the air. So send those questions through our Facebook page, email T-Bone, smoke signals fine, you know, use that, get to us, T-Bone. Do you have a question for us? I do have a question for Ask Andy, and this is from Jimmy Mobley of San Luis Obispo. Wow. That would be Little in California. California. All right. You guys talking about pork steaks on that last show inspired me to grill some pork chops. Now, what temperature should I target to ensure that they do not end up dry? Well, that is a great question, Jimmy, from San Luis Obispo. See, because he could look up on Google and find out what temperature, but so does that ensure that they won't be dry? So there's a couple of things that I want to mention as prefaces to making sure they won't be dry. The first is pork chops. I usually brine, and that is because a chop is from a leaner cut of meat. It's from the loin. And so I'll usually brine it to add that moisture, and it's going to also create some tenderness. Todd, you brine or marinate or yeah, what? Uh, I, I had an amazing pork chop at Town Company here in Kansas City, and uh, it was obviously brined and grilled off you know, nicely. Uh, definitely brining a pork chop, way to go, because it can add so much flavor. And that's the great thing about pork loin, pork chop, is it takes a pork tenderloin is it takes on whatever flavor you want to throw at it so i think brining is an awesome way to go yeah so so first and foremost brine that and add whatever flavors you want to that brine to help accentuate the pork but brine it and you'll get some moisture and tenderness out of that so then barring that if you're grilling it and i think you said grilling you're going to want to cook that thing and you don't need to cook it past 140 and they Pork used to have that connotation of, you know, just similar to chicken and other meats that you had to cook it, uh, you know, beyond done to ensure that there were no bacteria left or anything. Well, trigonosis hasn't been seen in pork in the U.S. in how long? 70 years. <laughs> yeah. So it's not an issue anymore. You don't have to cook that pork to 165. Take it to 138 and let it rest to 142. Yeah. I, and I might even go a little less than that for my own eating but you don't want to get it anywhere past 140 in a chop i don't know what is that yeah, i i'd say 140 and if it raises up to 145 that's all right but yeah that 140 is fine do not take it to 165 brining is going to ensure uh, more moisture in there as well and i also like cooking something lean like that um, pork chop pork loin or or chicken breast is to cook it hot and fast cook it at a higher temperature um and I don't know if you remember, Andy, we were at a barbecue contest with Fast Eddie Marin, and he was the one, I remember him cooking two different chicken breasts and showing us, see this one, oh, I'm yeah, going yeah, yeah. to put this on a, on a colder, you know, low and slow grill, and I'm going to put this one right on this hot fire, and 
what happens the hot fire one expands it blows up it puffs up whereas the the one that you cook low and slow just stays flat and so there's just something about how it's cooking from the inside out when it's hot and fast i think you know that just ironically makes it uh moister and and you do see that when you cook hot and fast and the best uh, example of that that i have is your hand patted burger you know we just finished fourth of july and everybody's slaying burgers and dogs when you throw that burger on that 500 plus degree grill the first thing it does is balloon up like a baseball all of that moisture is causing it to swell uh, and the same thing happens if it's a chicken breast, a slab of ribs or a chop. Yeah. So cooking that thing nice and hot and getting it cooked and done to your temp. That, I, I agree 100 percent on that. That's cooking lean things hot um, burgers hot. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would say you want to don't take it past 140. Cook it. In a, in a hot and fast state so go ahead and grill it and don't be afraid of a 400 or 450 degree grill and brine it first and that should get you everything you need so jimmy thank you for your question we will get a t-shirt headed your way to san luis obispo and then next segment we are going to be talking with seven-time world champion pitmaster and instructor mark lambert owner of sweet swine of mine Check out everything that they have to offer at his website, which is ssomd.com. You can also find him in his social media at Sweet Swine of Mine on Facebook or Instagram. Coming up next, it's Mark Lambert right here on Barbecue Radio Network. Every Barbecue Radio Network show is archived and available through your favorite podcast platform. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. You have a better recipe for when you grill. Better ingredients, better cuts of meat, and because you're using a grill from Holstein Manufacturing, well, a better grill. You take grilling seriously, and at Holstein Manufacturing, we make a serious grill. Find your new grill now at HolsteinMFG.com. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. Holstein Manufacturing, we build a grill. Welcome back to the award-winning Barbecue Radio Network. I'm Andy G, along with T-Bone, our executive producer, and my co-host and barbecue expert, Todd Johns. And we've got a returning guest this week. And as I said last segment, he is a seven-time world champion pit master with an amazing line of products under his Sweet Swine of Mine brand, as well as Memphis's the, the Memphis area's largest smoker and grill superstore. I like to call Mark Lambert the barbecue evangelist, and he's adding TV hosts to his list of hats that he wears this summer. You can check out all of his great products at ssomd.com, and you can follow him on Instagram or the Book of Faces with his handle at Sweet Swine of Mine. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Mark Lambert is everywhere. He's he, everywhere. He is everywhere, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> so. What do you got going this summer? You are hosting a TV show. We are. We've got uh, Barbecue Country. We're into episode five right now. There are 10 episodes, including the finale. We shot all of those in one week uh, and then came back and shot the finale first weekend of June. And uh, I don't even know who won. 
that's how it went. We did a, a, a blind judging at the end of it. Everybody turned their cards in, and no one knows who wins until the finale, except for the guys that are editing the video. That's the cool part. Yeah, that is, so, uh, it's pretty wild uh, being there and, and being part of the filming, because, of course, so, I know somebody so, that's on the next episode. So explain that. How do you not know who wins? I don't understand. You were there. It's blind judging. Blind and everyone judging. judged. Uh, everyone turned a card in, and the only person that uh, knows who won is the guy that took the cards, tabulated the scores, and he's the same guy that edited the video. So we're all sitting. So no one else. Yeah. Knows. So we're all sitting there watching Todd, and each of the judges has recorded their information on the sheet, and then they put it in an envelope. They did not share it with any of the other wow. judges. And then you know, so it's that the guy with the briefcase and the and the handcuffs came over and loaded them all in there and you know uh price waterhouse is going to come out at the finale and, well, and uh, everybody will know at the same time everybody had to uh play play that part and so nobody knows wow but, so this is this is definitely going to be some must-see barbecue tv oh absolutely yeah you gotta watch it out man and and if you the cool thing about this show and mark can can jump in at any time and and expound on this but the really neat thing about this show is it really is about cooking in the backyard. It's yeah. not about trying to take somebody and make them a state competitor or a KCBS or Memphis in May competitor. It's really about taking those backyard recipes and elevating them and seeing who's the best backyard cook in America and getting to mentor with those folks. Everybody is kind of working together. And then we all sit down at the table together at the end everybody tries each other's food and it really is a a group effort it's different than any of the shows that are, are more what i would say competition or reality focused type shows yeah you get to really get a when like your the backyard cooks they're they are judging their competitors food and they get to see the reaction of their competitor i kind of know where they stand and when you come back and you uh, you know talk to them, we go back to what we call the well and give them the results. And you know, just every time you go back and give them the results, and you tell them what you liked and what you didn't like, boy, you can look in their face and and just see that they understand exactly what you're talking about. And it's it's really cool to get to that they know because they were there doing it with you. And you had a great mix of mentors on the show. Can you tell everybody who some of the people in the show are? Oh man, yeah, we had a Richard Fergola. We had. Um, um, let me think. We had uh, John Coons from back in the day from House of Q. Uh, we had uh, the Hotty Toddy Man uh, and uh, uh, the both of the Arkansas guys, both Hotty Toddy and uh, um, Golly. <laughs> yep, and, <laughs> and I, I know there was guy? one other guy on there that was was all right. I mean, he's another yeah, Kansas, I don't know about that Andy guy. another Kansas City guy. guy. So, it, yeah. and of course. I'm on the next episode, so if you're listening and you want to catch that live, uh, you know, August 9th, you can go ahead and tune into the app, get your streamer set up, whether you're Roku or Fire Stick or Apple TV, and uh, check the show out on the Country Network. Sling. Sling, too. Sling is really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, my buddy Alan Smith from Boars Not Out's on there on the last episode. and uh, But yeah, if you guys want to watch it, you know, it's pretty much a streaming deal, so you have to download the Country Network channel onto your streaming service. Uh, once you do that, then you can watch it. You can also go straight to the Country Network's website or download the Country Network app on your, your mobile device and watch it any of those ways. And typically, 
uh, within 24 hours after it airs, it's available on YouTube as well. Yeah, and there's you just get to see some great cooking. You get to see some great camaraderie and friendships and get some good tips. And it really is about bringing the backyard uh, forward. So it's a great show. Check that out. But while we were off air, we were also talking about pellets and how they're not created equal. So what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's we were running pellet cookers. They're from Yoder Smokers. Uh, and we get a lot of questions about pellets here. Um, and what I tell everybody says, well, it's, it's 100% wood burning. You get wood flavor. And a lot of folks get a pellet cooker, and then they're disappointed in their results. And while the food gets cooked, they're disappointed in the flavor of the food. They're expecting wood burning flavor. And while it's that, um, the pellets you buy for $8 for 50 pounds uh, is not going to produce the same quality that, you know, where it's $17, $18 for 15 pounds. Uh, and it's not just a boutique thing where you charge more, it tastes better. There's guys that source whole trees uh, produce better barbecue. So the, the companies that source whole trees, they grind up whole trees, they process whole trees into pellets. Those are the pellets you want to buy. So if you're researching companies, find the companies that source whole trees. And from- there's a there, there's a thing in wood called volatile flavor compounds, and volatile flavor compounds are the, the first word of that you know VFC acronym is volatile, and that means those things leave those flavors leave the material at a certain temperature, and once that meat, and once that material gets to a certain temperature and moisture level, those compounds that produce the the, the specific flavor of that species are gone. And once that's gone, you get a little smoke, but it's very undefinitive. It's hard to tell what it is, and it's not very strong. So once the PFCs are gone, then, you know, you, you wind up with something very milk toast flavor-wise. And that happens a lot because these companies are buying sawdust. They're buying scraps from cabinet factories and flooring factories. And those, that stuff is all dried beyond belief, and there's no VFCs left in any of that. So look for companies that source whole trees, uh, and you're going to get better results out of your pellets. And in terms of pellet makeup, what's your take on that? Do you like to have a blended pellet, or do you like to go with all of one species, or what? what's your take? Man, I really like single species. I like to blend it myself if I want to If I want to mix. That way I can get the, the, the mix that I want. I personally like apple and hickory. That's just my jam. Um, but I like to be able to blend it myself. So I look for single source species. Uh, 100% wood, um, 100% single source trees, single species in the pellets that I oh, use. Yeah. Well, of course, we are talking with Mark Lambert. Check out his website, ssomd.com. Follow him on social media with the handle Sweet Swine of Mine. And when we come back, we are going to be picking Mark's brain on caramelization and meat. And we're going to talk a little bit about Cook's Church. Talking more with Mark Lambert next, right here on Barbecue Radio Network. Hey, careful, man. There's a beverage here, huh? Barbecue Radio Network is heard on radio stations from Hawaii to Florida. If you have a business centered around barbecue or the backyard lifestyle, please consider advertising with us. Contact us through our Facebook page or website at bbqradionetwork.com.
Welcome back to Barbecue Radio Network with my co-host, Pitmaster Todd Johns, and our executive producer, T-Bone. I'm Andy G, and we're back talking with Mark Lambert, seven-time world champion Pitmaster, which, by the way, you can watch over eight hours of instructional video covering all the bases with his Barbecue Champs Academy video series. So not only is he a world champ, but he shares all that knowledge as well. Welcome back, Mark. I appreciate it. Mark, I got a question for you. I'm going to go in the Wayback Machine. Do you remember... I think it was about 2008, the American Royal. I think you were competing right across from me. Do you remember that? I do. And do you remember what happened that contest? I remember you won that sucker. Uh, I remember that you had a pork butt stolen. I had all of my pork butt stolen. All your pork butt stolen. (laughs) Isn't that the year you won? Uh, I think it was, actually. So that'd be 2009. And then you went on and won the uh, Memphis in May that year. Yep, that's right, but, that's right. But yeah, we were ta- Andy and I were talking, knowing you were coming on, I said, oh, I remember the first time I met Mark, he got all of his pork butts stolen at the American Royal right <laughs> off the pit. Yeah, and we figured that uh, we figured that we were we were able to go ahead and tell you that was a great joke we played. You yeah, know, but, thanks uh, for the pork butts. <laughs> thanks for the butts, I did pretty man. well the next day with them. <laughs> no, yeah, that's we took crazy. off to wrap them, and we were sitting on the table, and we went in to get our foil, our pans, and our thermometers and stuff, and come back here, and we're like, what the hell? And I think it was the year before that the same thing happened to Scotty Johnson. They right. took a brisket. They took a brisket off of his pit, like they right did. across the way. That's what happens stuff. at the American Royal. You get people that are a little bit overserved. That's right. <laughs> and uh, but that maybe was, that's what happened is Mark got overserved and he forgot where he left his pork butts at. I don't know. How yeah, you I, I, I pork butts. yeah, there's four pork butts. I mean, you, there's somebody just walking by prepared for that. I mean. Those things were freaking 150 degrees, That's you know? Right. That's yeah, right. what do you, ex- I mean, how do you do that? You're not just walking away with a 160 degree pork butt in your hand. And there's four of them. <laughs> four of them. <laughs> so you got them under your arms. Anyway, anyway I, had to go, I had to go to the Wayback Machine on that one. I was like, man, <laughs> I forgot about that for a minute. <laughs> for good reason. Well, yeah. So we were, and when we were off air, we were actually talking about trying to get that flavor into your into your meat and getting real wood flavor and if you're using pellets that don't have that that capability you had a great option it, talk about that real quick yeah my buddy patrick king came out with a great uh product it's a, it's a smoker box diamond king smoker box and he makes anywhere from a four by four a six by six and an eight by six smoker box i'm gonna no, take that back a uh, six by six and then a six by twelve and it's essentially a stainless steel box that's perfectly vented and you can fill it with real good cooking wood that contains flavor and start it with a little tumbleweed or something over in the corner and get it going good pop the top on it and stick it in your cooking chamber and regardless of what flavor uh flavorless pellet you've bought it in a big box store what flavor into your food just by stepping in uh, sell them at the Sweet Twenty Mile Distributing. You can buy them. Uh, just Google uh, Diamond King Smoker, and you can get them directly from Patrick as well. But uh, I think it's uh, even in a gas grill, it works, and it's kind of what he designed it. But uh, in anything that's a real clean burning vessel, what you're cooking in, it's just an option to get some good smoke flavor in it. Yeah, that's and in a gas grill, it's going to add some moisture to the chamber too, because again, you're using wood that's not completely devoid of moisture and, and gas is just such a dry environment to begin with yep, yep. And, and speaking about trying to build flavor though let's talk about how to get flavor on the meat caramelization of the meat building that flavor in the backyard yeah um there's 
you know, we grew up, uh, you know, in, in never really understanding why mama browned the roast before she put it in the, in the pot, right? So you could just take a, a roast and throw it in a pot and put some vegetables in there and put the lid on it and turn it on. It gets cooked and it'll get tender, but it doesn't have the layer of flavor that it gets unless mama browned it in the skillet first and then threw it in there and got that caramelized flavor on it. And that, that Maillard reaction that we learned about and, uh, through YouTube and, you know, amazing ribs and such as that, it makes a huge difference in the development of flavor. You know, while it'll still taste like beef, it tastes like a much more intense flavored uh, beef, even if you don't put season on. I got a brother-in-law that cooks a lot of barbecue and it's great barbecue. He doesn't even season his meat with anything, nothing but just a little salt and pepper. He gets a really good, beautiful color on the outside uh, in his smoker. He uses an ABS pit boss. He burns pecan wood yep. and straight pecan wood, and he gets the most beautiful red color. And everybody thinks he uses some kind of rub on it. He's like, I use a little salt and pepper, and that's it. And it's amazing flavor because the outside of the meat browns and caramelizes, and it creates flavor. So you can create great flavor without seasoning and just by caramelizing the outside of the meat. And that's what a lot of folks don't understand uh, when it comes to barbecue you have to be able to brown the meat. So, and, and there's lots tell you, of ways. You wrap it hundred. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say there's lots of ways to do that. You can start in a cast iron skillet right on the pit. You can go directly over coals and get that radiant heat. Um, and in the smoker, I, what I don't know what temp you're cooking at, but if I want to get that really rich bark caramelized, you know, I'm gonna bump the temp of the pit to get that a little hotter to really set that bark and caramelize and we, that and we talk about airflow a lot on this show too andy and you know that has a lot to do with all that you know reaction as well that you know a hot and fast uh, offset pit shooting air across there nice hot yeah absolutely what what's your uh, best way for for somebody in the backyard to really get that caramelization that they're looking for mark man to the best way i mean in direct grilling is you get caramelization, but you know, direct grilling is only, and it only works in, in inherently tender meat. Um, you know, personally, when, when it comes to, you know, bigger cuts of meat, if I'm cooking in an offset, you know, I like to have my, my temperature up in the, you know, starting out around 350 and bring it down to 300, uh, you know, in a drum, I like it around 300, but it really makes sense in the relationship of heat to meat, the direction of where the heat is. On a drum, it's directly under, but it matters how far away the heat is from the meat as to how long it takes to caramelize based on how thick it is. So um, to me, like the best pork steak in the whole wide world is cooked on a drum. Uh, it, it's, it gets the perfect amount of caramelization by the time the meat gets tender. Um, and a lot of folks will you know, say, oh, you know, the meat doesn't take smoke after 140 degrees. You know, you got to wrap it and this and that, and that. And I said, man, it doesn't matter what the temperature of the meat is. You wrap it when it gets a great color, because when it gets a great color is when it's developed its flavor. Yeah, 100%. And so that's what we always do. If we're wrapping, it's always based on color. I People ask all the time, what temperature does that brisket need to be at? Don't worry about the temperature. If you like a rich mahogany red, you're going to wrap it at that color. If you like it a little darker, you may let it run a little longer and wrap it at that color, but you're going for that. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. That's definitely uh, important in the meat discussion. And Some of the prettiest ribs I've ever cooked are in on a drum with salt, pepper, garlic. And you took the lid off and they were the, they were just the, 
most beautiful mahogany red with zero red seasoning. You know, that reaction of that smoke just caused that beautiful color. And man, they get the most beautiful bark on the outside. And some of the best ribs I've ever made uh, are hanging on a drum. And when they come off, I've basted them. Instead of barbecue sauce, I make a savory barbecue rib and baste them with a mushroom onion brown gravy colored with a little paprika. Yep. It's amazing. Yeah, that just sounds great. Well, I wanted to talk about one other thing before we have to let you go, and we've got about a minute left. But talk about Cook's Church real quick. On Sundays at these doubleheader contests, you've been starting to do something cool, a little different to uh, bring some folks together. Man, we do it every day, um, we, and we typically try to do it uh, in the KCBS. We try to do it at around 7 in the morning. And no, no matter what day it is, when people are traveling and cooking competitions, uh, it's a, you know, it's a long, hard road and people travel a lot and they're tired. So most of those people don't tend to make it to church. And I'm one of those same people when I travel. So we, uh, we followed suit, a guy called, named Jeff Picavidicious in Ponchatoula, Louisiana started it years ago. He started Cook's Church and nothing more than just a gathering of casual gathering of believers at a, at a cook-off. Uh, and it was just one of those things that was there to encourage other believers to gather rather than resting on their laurels and say, well, yep. I, I have, I've got my salvation. I'm good. You know, as believers, I'm going to bring you right back to talk about that next segment, Mark, because we're going to talk with you and then get to Todd right here on Barbecue Radio Network. Check out Barbecue Radio Network on Facebook. Give us a like. Creekstone Farms premium black Angus beef and all-natural Duroc heritage pork are found on menus at the finest steakhouses and butcher shops around the world. And now you can elevate every experience by ordering their products online. Go to shop.creekstonefarms.com and get restaurant-quality steaks delivered right to your door. Use promo code RADIO and get 10% off your entire order. Welcome back to Todd and Andy here on Barbecue Radio Network. This segment is brought to you by Holstein Manufacturing. Check them out at HolsteinMFG.com. They have NSF certified cookers and grills, and of course, my favorite, the corn roasters. And don't forget their mobile event and catering rigs. Check them out at HolsteinMFG.com. And we're back, and we've got Mark with us still. You know, it's always so much fun talking to Mark. And, you know, we got into meat caramelization, and I was getting a little teary-eyed over here. And and I wanted to make sure we had some time, though, to finish the conversation about Cook's Church. So, Mark, let's jump right back in there. So, yeah, um, when we were talking before, we were just talking about, as believers, we're called to stand up and stand out in our faith. Uh, rather than just resting on our salvation, we're called to, you know, gather together and encourage other believers to stand out in their faith. And so we developed a, a 501c3 foundation called Faith and Fires Ministry. And the full, the entire goal of Faith and Fires is to encourage other people at cook-offs, wherever they go, to announce Cook's Church and to host Cook's Church and to do nothing but spend 15 minutes in the presence of other believers for, we call it PPD, for prayer, praise, and devotional. And that's all it is. And so it's it's just a way to encourage believers to stand out 
and be seen. And, you know, when people have a, you know, there's certain people that will have a, a platform or people look up to other certain people, whether it be barbecue people, whether it be athletes, no matter what, there's always a group looking at what you're doing. And if you're doing that and standing out in your faith, it encourages other people sitting on the fence to do the same. And it creates a snowball effect. And that's all our foundation is about. And it just creates amongst those folks, maybe you haven't met any of those cooks before. So you've got new new camaraderie there. You've got new friendship and fellowship occurring. It's always good. And it's exciting to see that. And so I want to make sure we could just hit on that. Faithandfires.org. You can go to faithandfires.org. We are a 501c3 foundation. You can uh, make a tax-deductible donation to, and it just goes to buying Bibles for kids, uh, doing Cook's Church, doing cooking camps for kids and adults as well. Uh, just about growing, uh, you know, and encouraging other people to stand out in their faith for Jesus. So and give it's, them uh, that, it's a great foundation. Give them that website one more time, Mark. Uh, faithandfires.org. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mark. And don't forget to head on over to Instagram or Facebook. Follow Sweet Swine of Mine so you can check out all the cool things he's up to. And check out his website at ssomd.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for his newsletter and get all the tips and recipes right to your inbox. We're going to go ahead and talk to Todd and start out with our All Things Barbecue Product Spotlight. Their website is www.atbbq.com. All Things Barbecue has all the tools and accessories you need to take your barbecue to the next level. So get fired up and get the supplies to do it all at All Things Barbecue. And Todd, I know you've got a product to share. That's right. This is uh, this is one of my favorites, and I know yours too. Um, every cook has to have a good knife and a, and a good knife selection. Um, but there's just a few that you really need, and one of them is a good boning knife. And so um, one of my favorite brands is the Victorinox um, because they're really good steel. They're usually really affordable. Um, they wash up well. They're pretty durable if you're using them in your kitchen or out at a barbecue contest or maybe uh, working an on-premise gig. So the six-inch semi-stiff curved boning knife, thirty ninety-nine. Um, not a bad price for that. So that's the Victorinox. Victorinox six inch semi stiff curved boning knife at All Things Barbecue thirty ninety nine and I, that's typically my favorite boning knife and I've got several different ones but I'll tell you that I've got some of those and when we teach the classes I've got some that are fifteen years old they they're almost to the point where you could call them a shiv <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but those are, those are the best great. when you when you've you, you've uh, sharpened them so much that they kind of look like an ice pick those are the best for like trimming <laughs> those little tiny like pieces off the brisket or you know silver skin that's i, I like to keep those around uh they look like a toothpick <laughs> yeah i like my shorty for when i'm boning out a pork butt because you can get in right next to that blade in the circle and just Get that thing yep. right through there. Yeah, but uh, those—it's a—it's a great spin because that knife's going to last you as long as you're take. I mean, as long as you take care of it, you're you're not going to run out of the surface serviceable life of one of those. Yeah, it's and the semi stiff is nice because there's a little flexibility to it, um, and you know, I I prefer that versus um, a regular like stiff knife. 
And the only other thing I would say about those is the handles on them are made out of a material called Fibrox. Yeah. And so it's got a micro finish on it. So if your hand's wet or greasy, you still can grip versus a wood-handled knife or some of the slicker metal-handled knives uh, like a Global or something. So anyway, that is awesome. So check out uh, the website at atbbq.com. You can get that boning knife that Todd's talking about. And we were talking in the first segment about serving competition style food in the backyard and whether that is something you should try and do something you should stay away from um you see it all the time you see shows like barbecue showdown on netflix we were just talking about a great show and actually bringing that backyard food forward so not really there but any of these barbecue usa places where you're getting competition food or you see a competition cook is that the right thing to do to try and put that in the backyard well, you know, I think you're making a good distinction between competition television food and food that you see on television that you want to replicate. Like most of us kind of came up watching Stephen Reichlin and Barbecue University and all the crazy interesting things that he was doing that you never like would have run across in like maybe your normal life. So I think watching and trying to emulate or getting inspired by food on television is is a great thing um competition food is i think we've talked about this before it's very different it tends to be very rich it tends to be uh kind of a one bite thing and i would say essentially it's over seasoned so when you look at some of the techniques on the shows where you're truly competing you're seeing extra seasoning go on you're seeing injections you're seeing you know a magic dust at the end of the cook on the slices and all those different things it really does create a one bite experience well and yeah exactly so i think you're making a great point here about all the different things you're seeing and this element and that element what you don't understand and what you typically can't see in a short show like that is what's the entire process and where was that where was that, uh, you know, meat at temperature wise or color wise, like Mark talked about in the earlier segment. So there's a lot of things going on in that show that, um, you know, may not make sense in the, in, in the show. So, you know, be inspired by it, I think is the big thing is, you know, watch these shows, um, you know, find cuts of meat that you've not experienced before. Go out and do some research though. Just don't watch the show and, you know, try to be the, you know, the the chopped champion of your backyard or something, you know. Well, and, and you bring up a good chopped just made me think about this. And a lot of times the equipment that those folks are cooking on, you might have a ten or $12,000 piece of equipment that they're getting to use for this event and it's being managed to the nines. Sometimes it's hard to replicate some of those things in the backyard because of the type of equipment that you might have. Sure. And it may not be that it's more expensive or it's better designed or whatever. Sometimes, it, you know, a grill and a, a grill and a grill aren't always the same. Mark talked in the earlier segment about pork steaks and how his favorite pork steak was cooked on a barrel. Well, that's going to be very different than a kettle grill. Right. And they're both direct. They both are using the same exact size grate, but they are cooking different. The airflow is different. The, the where the yeah, fire is at, to the coals, the is distance different. to the coals is very different. Um, so, yeah, sometimes what they're doing on television may be different because their device that they're cooking with is different than yours. They're not, you know, just because it's direct charcoal and, and wood chunks 
Uh, one could be a barrel and the other could be a kettle grill. One could be a Smoky Mountain. Um, all of those things are going to perform just a little bit different. So for me, if I'm thinking about competition food in the backyard, what, what I'm hearing is you're saying use that as an inspiration as opposed to the end game. And I like that viewpoint on it because essentially if I try and cook that, like let's just use a pork steak for an example. If I'm going to cook one of those and turn it into a judge and maybe I've injected it and I've seasoned it and then I've got my sauce and my glaze on it and then I'm hitting it again with something else, all of that injection, all of that butter and the bath and the things that you do to it, again, that judge is going to take one bite and score me on it. If I just take the idea of creating flavors, getting the color and the caramelization Mm -hmm. and, and getting something that is tender, I don't have to do all of those things to it to get to that point. Absolutely. So we want to thank Mark Lambert for being on the show again. Check him out at ssomd.com. You can also follow him on Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Swine of Mine. And thank you all for listening. We are excited to bring you more barbecue. We're going to be grilling and chilling next week right here on Barbecue Radio Network. Every Barbecue Radio Network show is archived and available through your favorite podcast platform each and every Thursday. 